welcome to Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. Hello and welcome to episode number 36 with Claire on the Becoming Whole podcast. And before we get into the episode today, I wanted to let you know that I've created a little something for you. Um, It is a mindful morning pack. And this is something that's come out from working with our clients for the last sort of three years or so. Um, whereby I've noticed a bit of a theme. So the clients that I work with tend to be women who are busy, who are a little bit overwhelmed by, you know, the constant barrage of things that we have to do in our daily lives. And how this can kind of show up is we start to feel quite anxious and we're just really feeling a bit lackluster in life. And one of the things that I work with my clients on is how to reclaim their mornings. Um, The mornings are such a special time for us to really connect to self. And when we connect to ourselves first thing in the morning, we're in a much better position to then take on everything that's coming our way during the day and feel a sense of calm and peace as we're moving through the day. So that's why I've created this. And what it contains is um, a list of morning tips of how things that you can do to support yourself in the morning. Um, there are some journal prompts. Journaling can be really helpful first thing in the morning. Um, some gratitude prompts. Um, a meditation, a breathing meditation, and also a yoga routine. Only about sort of 10 to 13 minutes. So something that's not going to take up a lot of time, um, but will put you in a really good position to really take on the day. And just a little bit of a background on this. So before I reclaimed my mornings, I'd used to snooze until the latest possible point. Then I'd begin my day trying to catch up. I'd be quickly showering, checking social media, looking at work emails whilst also shoveling some food into me. And I had this feeling throughout the day of being constantly behind, being exhausted, and then feeling overwhelmed by this huge to-do list and feeling like I didn't have enough time to get it all done. And then I was feeling almost stressed out before the work day really started. But you see, I didn't question it at the time because everyone around me seemed to be living a very similar way. And it wasn't until I realized that there was another way that I couldn't keep going on like this. And I was in this constant state of overwhelm and anxiety and feeling behind that I then began to take um, actions. And so this pack that I provided for you that you can download for free, I've got the link in um, in the show notes here, um, is the reason why I provided this because I recognize that both in my own life and then also from working with many clients over the last um, sort of three years, uh, this has had a huge impact on their lives as well as mine. So I hope you really enjoy that. So let's get on to the episode today. Today I am speaking with Caitlin Covington, who's a qualified clinical herbalist, an energy worker and founder of Flora Stone Apothecary. She's been trained under traditional healers and scientific-based clinicians in California. Her work combines the intuitive with the scientific to achieve healing at a core root level. 
She has a clinical practice that's based in Melbourne and she uses herbal medicine, flower essences and ceremony as a gateway for healing, transformation and empowerment. She works with women one-to-one and specialises in menstruation, pregnancy, preconception, postpartum and hormonal balancing. And she also runs some beautiful workshops and ceremonies um, each month. So you can find those details again. I'll put them the link to her um, Instagram and also to her website um, in the show notes so you can see all of that. Um, such a beautiful episode with Caitlin. I absolutely love plants. You may know if you follow me on Instagram. If you're not following me, head to underscore Claire Bradshaw underscore. So in this episode, we talk about the power of plants. We also have a little bit of a discussion about DMT and the um, effects that plant medicines have on our bodies. And we have some interesting insights from Caitlin on her opinion on um, these types of plant medicines. Um, We also talk about how important it is to build a relationship with yourself to really truly understand your own body and what works for you knowing that there's no one size fits all all. and actually the journey to health to wholeness to connectiveness it's a beautiful um, journey of unraveling of discovery and really building that much deeper relationship with yourself so I really hope that you enjoy this episode if you would like to to send any comments to me you can do so on Instagram and if you'd like to share this episode with anyone that you think that could benefit from the message here then we would love that as well let's head over to the interview hey Caitlin great to have you on the show hi great to be here (laughs) so have you always loved plants and flowers is it something that you've always felt drawn to since you were a young child yeah, definitely. I um, grew up spending a lot of time with my grandmother and my grandfather in their um, garden and the orchard with trees and um, yeah, just a lot of time um, being out in nature and um, yeah, helping them in the garden. So yeah, I definitely was always drawn to plants and I think um, I think a lot of children are. Mm, yeah so true did you um have quite an outdoors um upbringing then yeah I had a mix so I grew up in Chicago and uh, my grandparents house was out in the suburbs so they had a bigger block of land and I had a lot of freedom like I was able to roam around on my own from like a really young age and then um yeah so we'd spend a lot of time in the city in the suburbs but then my parents um, were pretty outdoorsy as well so spent a lot of time like skiing in the mountains and um, had like a cabin in the middle of the woods and we had like a boat and we'd go on the Mississippi River and yes I had a pretty outdoorsy Mm. childhood but definitely a mix of city as well. Oh that's that's amazing because I think you know so many kids these days they don't necessarily always get that opportunity to have so much time outside so that's amazing. Mm. Do you think that that contributed then to um, you kind of developing into, you know, the career that you have today? Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, if I would have grown up like playing a heap of video games and, you know, in front of the TV all day, um, 
yeah, I don't think I would have had that kind of early awareness um, that, yeah, nature is very healing and, um, yeah, really like nourishing for our body, mind, spirit to be spending time in nature. Yeah, for sure. So tell me a little bit more about your story then, how you kind of got to do what you do now. Did, you know, something happen in your own life whereby you had a healing with, you know, plants and flowers or was it something that you just like naturally um, were drawn to? So yeah, a little bit of a combination of both. Um, My grandmother worked a lot with plants. So I always had Um, she's from Hungary and I always had that kind of influence and awareness Um, and my mother is a doctor so I had kind of an interesting balance of like a little bit of kind of folk medicine but also modern medicine Um, but I wasn't too interested in it um, until I was 18 and I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico and the culture there is very much um, steeped in herbal medicine and um, natural healing. And I just kind of fell, fell into it, was taking some classes. Um, I had some pretty severe uh, menstrual issues as a teenager, bad cramping. Um, and yeah, like took birth control like a month here or a month there, but I kind of always had an aversion to um, white pills and substances. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very, um, yeah, I think because I was quite energetically sensitive, I feel like as a young person, I could feel that that energy really wasn't what was going to heal me. Um, so yeah, I had a number of years of um doing yeah a lot of study and a lot of kind of eclectic um mix of herbal medicine and natural health study like homeopathy and ayurveda essential oils nutrition and then when i was probably 22 and i graduated with my bachelor's um i had a huge shift happen in my health i had been um vegan and vegetarian for a long time and was in like a horrible relationship I lived like up in the mountains very isolated with just myself and um an old partner and um I finally this was like the first time I'd actually gone to see one of my teachers as a practitioner and was really like inviting her to help me and um, she recommended I begin taking a herb called Vitex. And then she also gave me a um, homeopathic dose of uh, phosphorus, which is my constitutional type. And so it works on kind of a deep, deep level, those constitutional doses. And um, yeah, within a f- like four weeks of that, my periods shifted. Um, I kind of got this inner strength back to like shift some things um, in my life and yeah from there I really committed further to the path so began um, a clinical uh, a clinical study so that I could work with people one-on-one mm, wow amazing amazing so then did you find then your your health completely changed from that time 
Yes. So it was, it was kind of an unfolding. And I'd say that the first place that my health really shifted, because I've always been um, quite healthy overall. Um, but I think like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I think that my health immediately began shifting when I started working with plants because it kind of takes away like a bit of, um, I don't know, a bit of my own like bullshit, a bit of my own like ego and different drives and desires that I had as um, a young person. I think it really like put things into perspective and um, yeah, it definitely put me on like a medicine path quite early um, and yeah, working with um, elderly like medicine people, it definitely um, yeah, it pulled me onto this path that I think first really healed me mentally and emotionally. And yeah, it's still unfolding. I think, yeah, yeah healing is always unfolding. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And <laughs> how, how precious though to have been around some people who were highly experienced that you could learn from during that time. Yeah, and that was total, um, yeah, just total chance. And I think. Um, like I say to people, I did not choose this path. Like this path completely chose me like time and time again. And um, yeah, just from, from really, really crazy random things to like dreaming about a plant. And then the next day, like meeting someone and they're like, oh, my grandmother harvested this plant and I've got a ton of it. Like, let me give it to you. And um, yeah, learning about more, um, uh, like in theogenic um, psychedelic kind of medicines as a, um, in my undergrad and then yeah like a, a week later like meeting a shaman that my friend <laughs> was like falling madly in love with and yeah so just a lot of very um, yeah fortuitous kind of meetings that just kept like pulling me deeper and deeper onto um, yeah the platform of working with plants amazing and it's always the most beautiful kind of unfolding isn't it when you haven't used your logical mind to kind of plan all of the steps of this is what I'm going to do and all of that but it actually kind of unfolds and it sounds like you followed um I know that Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Big Magic she always talks about this about you know mm. following your curiosity and then there's a, almost an unfolding that happens as you kind of follow the, the, the little, um, you know, the little sweets along the path and you're just kind of <laughs> following with a, you know, um, a, a curiosity and then, you know, more and more things become either available to you or open up. Yeah, completely, completely. I think, um, yeah, we're so conditioned to think that our mind can control everything and our mind is, you know, the ultimate guide for our life. And if we're not letting the mind um, guide us, then, you know, we're, we're failing. I think that I really think for most of us, the reality is that like the mind in, can be like a prison, you know, if you're trying to live your life like that. Um, so yeah, I have definitely always been like quite a sensitive, emotional intuitive kind of person and um yeah just really tried to let that guide um what I'm doing with my life yeah beautiful and so so you did um you know these studies 
And then what happened after that? Because you then went to um, California, didn't you? Yes. Um, so I, well, first I went, I left New Mexico and then I went to Oregon and I worked um, in Williams, Oregon on um, a medicinal herb farm. So I worked there for a few months. Um, a beautiful, beautiful company called Herb Farm. It's like P. H A R M like pharmacy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really um that was really special because that was spending time in a different um a completely different climate. I first began really studying plants in New Mexico. So I was up in the mountains like 7000 feet above sea level and in a very different environment than moving to Oregon in like a fertile rainy valley. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got some some more kind of hands-on experience there, and then um, I really was like, okay, I'm really, really fully committing. And then I moved to um, California and began studying at the Olone Herbal Center in Berkeley to get my clinical studies done. Mm-hmm. Great. And so which were the, during sort of the journey of like, you know, discovering the plants and using a lot of these plants in your own life, which are the plants that have had the like biggest impacts on you? Hmm. Oh, that's a fun one. Um, I'd say that Rose as a child was hugely, hugely important um my grandmother like meticulously kept um an area of the garden with roses and it just was absolutely meticulously kept these roses were like (laughs) completely worshipped they were just so loved and cared for um and yeah I think that was a big kind of heart opening medicine for me as a child just spending time with the roses and um like even now if I'm walking down the street and I see roses I need to smell them I just um that's kind of like a touchstone medicine for me Mm. um but then yeah being a teenager and really beginning my studies with plants um probably the first really big healing was with um Vitex um which is also called Chase Tree the um scientific name is Vitex Agnes but um, other people might know it as chase tree. So that really helped heal um, my menstrual cycle and heal some really painful um, period discomfort that I was experiencing monthly. Mm, mm, great. And when you were talking about the roses, you know, um, I use essential oils um, a little bit um, for my own healing. And then, you know, I also run some little classes at home too. And, um, you know, rose oil is such a beautiful, soft, delicate oil. Um, and, you know, rubbing it into the heart space, you know, it's the, it's the oil of the, of the heart, isn't it? Of love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm, So beautiful. Um, so there's, there's a lot of talk at the moment about um, the spirit mo- molecule in plants. And I know we spoke a little bit about this before we started the um, interview today. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about how, you know, plants can help us, you know, heal at, you know, a physical level, but also the, um, you know, the ability of the plants to also help us with healing, emotional and, you know, spiritual um, kind of connection. 
Yeah. So let's see. That's a huge, a huge topic. Um, yeah, that's, it's a great question though. And it's something I'm really passionate about sharing with people because I think that, um, I think that really on like a soul spirit level, a lot of people are really craving, um, a deep kind of healing that they're not receiving from, um, modern, um, biomedicine you know they're on their antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication but they're still just flat there's not this sparkle and um really lust for for life so i feel like um yeah you know the converging of crises on this planet right now the environment and politics and all the mess of things i think that people are really longing for something deeper and um yeah, and those um, psychedelic kind of medicines, those strong um, plant medicines are a really, really deep um, way to connect with um, yourself and the world. Um, so yeah, like the spirit molecule, that's usually associated, um, yeah, with DMT specifically. And um, yeah, I'm always a big proponent um, like I don't work at all psychedelically with people in practice. I don't, um, I, I don't really need to, I mean, I, I wouldn't anyway, because I don't think those medicines are really appropriate for most people's, um, consciousness. I think it can sometimes really deeply, um, shatter some perceptions that can be difficult for people, um, to then you know carry on with life as normal um but yeah i kind of work more with people on a deep spirit level using the um kind of energies and spirits of the plants and using flower essences and um, to really connect on a deeper level without needing to um ingest any sort of intense substances mm. um but yeah, I think that people are really craving, you know, that deeper healing now. And I think that um, that type of healing can really be applicable for some people. And for other people, it really isn't a good fit. Um, and, you know, it's also very kind of, I don't know, I find it to be actually quite like this really masculine approach. Like you need to do this really intense thing and have this super crazy trip to get medicine mm. and I'm a little bit more of like a yin feminine kind of perspective like you want to really get medicine and really go deep like go camping in the woods by yourself for five days and do a cleanse just consume tea and steamed vegetables and you know then talk to me <laughs> then yeah. you know how, how do you feel after that um and yeah so I'm I'm a big proponent of people kind of first trying a bit of more of a gentle entry with um, plants and herbal medicine before going um, to those deeper levels. And I think if, you know, you have any inclination of, you know, taking these harsher substances at like a music festival or like, um, I don't know, at a pub, like, you know, in these really inappropriate kind of um, environments, it's best just to maybe back off a bit and, um, yeah, take a different approach. Mm, so true. It's kind of these extremes, isn't it? It's, you know, wanting to go harder, faster, stronger, and whatever mm -hmm. the thing is, 
there's this there can be this gravitation towards going to the most strongest powerful thing and that's not mm-hmm. always <laughs> going to be the the best option to serve us um i noticed actually the same thing i just um i just recently did a vipassana 10 day silent meditation retreat and um which was you know a very powerful experience and i was really ready for it you know i've been mm-hmm. medita- meditating for five years and you know, yoga practice and all of that. But there were people there who were, um, you know, uh, being addicted to drugs or addicted mm. to alcohol and they went straight. Mm-hmm. It. Oh, it, wow. You know, I mean, that's strong, <laughs> you know, like it yeah, was strong yeah, for, for yeah. someone who's been meditating for a long time. Like I found it yeah. challenging. But wow, to put yourself through, through that, <laughs> um, you know, it's extreme. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, you're kind of touching on a really good point. I think that, um, you know, it's really common now to do, um, you know, healing is kind of like this group activity. Mm. And sometimes that can be a really great safe space. But other times, facilitators can really have difficulty holding that as the safe space. And um, yeah, I've heard like horror stories of um yeah just people being like locked in a room with strangers like doing ayahuasca and um yeah you know it's even you know something like um yeah a silent retreat like that is quite psychedelic and opening up to the brain you know without um any substances and yeah i think it can be really challenging sometimes to be in an environment where you know everyone's energy is kind of blending together and some people are really arriving with you know a huge um load of kind of trouble in their past and um trauma and things like that and um yeah i'm definitely i love um to meditate as well and have had a long practice of that and um, but i really hate meditating and in groups i really don't like it i need to be alone i really need to be alone to go deep yeah because i can i'm so energetically sensitive i can feel other people's um energy so it's really kind of a nuisance to be meditating with um a room full of people um and as well you know relating that to doing um plant medicine ceremonies with you know a room full of strangers like i just i couldn't couldn't do it anymore yeah (laughs) and I think you know you make a really good point there is like um you know to know yourself as well you know and I know that a lot of people are finding it hard to and it sounds a bit bit strange you know that they say that they don't know themselves like I work with a lot of clients and you know it's like I don't really know who I am or what I want or but but I know that something's not working and something that's not quite right um, but you know, what you're saying is like, well, you know, for yourself that meditating in a group setting isn't what's going to be supportive to you. Um, and I think that with any type of healing, it's, you know, un- getting an understanding of kind of what, um, is going to be right for you and doing a bit of that work before then choosing the right, um, approach, um, mm. so that you're not throwing yourself into potentially a fire (laughs) yeah yeah completely completely and then I think there can be like a letdown because you know you can think well it worked for my friend 
and yeah, healing and, you know, meditation and going deep with yourself. It's not really one size fits all. You have to really, um, you know, experiment and find what works for you and, um, yeah, dive into it that way as opposed to, okay, well, my auntie does this and my mom does this. So I'll kind of try the same things. Um, it doesn't always work so well. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. So, um, what um experiences like you talked about um i can't remember the name of the plant now the one that helped you with your menstrual cycles yeah um, so chase tree chase tree chase tree mm-hmm. um have there been any other plants that you have found that have had a huge impact on your life you know whether it's flower essences or other plants yeah. that kind of more recently um that you kind of maybe use mm-hmm. on a daily basis for example yeah recently um i mean there's just there's just so there's so many um mm-hmm. now i think yeah like i the past few years since moving to australia i've been like going through my saturn return um i don't know if you do astrology stuff at all um but yeah i've gone through a lot of like deep transformations while um yeah, immigrating to a new country. And um, yeah, so for me, like really um, adaption has been a really big theme over the past few years, like adapting and adapting again. And, um, you know, that concept of just kind of surrendering the mind to really, um, yeah, adapting to my environment. Um, So yeah, I work a lot with adaptogens, which is um, a class of plants that they help on a physical level to re-nourish um, a body that might be um, depleted. So whether that's like a depleted immune system or um, depleted adrenal glands from like tons of coffee abuse or, um, you know, a body that's like recovering from illness and they help to kind of build up the body on a physical level. Um, but on more of a spiritual level, they, they help the, the outer kind of auras of the body, the spirit adapt and shift and change in a way that then it makes um, the body quicker to adapt and change. So um, yeah, I've been working a lot with um, Rishi, which is a mushroom over the past few years. Um, Is that in a tea? Do you have that in a tea or how would you consume it? So, um, not so much in a tea, like you can buy, um, powdered extracts. Um, my favorite is, um, one that's made with a double extraction. So, um, it's used extracting it with water. So like a strong tea and then extracting it with, um, alcohol as well. So reishi, um, cause the mushroom, the plant is like quite dense. So the, best way to extract the medicine is to double extract it with this water and alcohol process and um, so I really love from um, the company Herb Farm that I used to work for they make a really gorgeous um, liquid preparation of it so I usually work with it um, in that form mm, great great and, and ashwagandha as well yeah I definitely use a lot of ashwagandha I love 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 ashwagandha that's a great one like for 
um, yeah, kind of modern, modern living. And mm. um, that's a nice one to take actually in the evening before bed. Yeah. Um, so just like a teaspoon of ashwagandha powder um, in some sort of milk, whatever you prefer, um, nut milk or dairy milk, because um, the ashwagandha actually absorbs better in the body when it has um, a component of fat put with it. Yeah. So I'll usually add like a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of um, coconut oil just to have it absorb a bit better and then take that um, about an hour before bed. And yeah, that gives me a very, very restful, restful sleep. That one's very adaptive for the um, adrenal glands as well. Mm. Yeah, great. And so in terms of the um, symptoms, the complaints um, or the conditions that people are coming to you, do you see um, mm-hmm. certain trends, not trends, but, you know, common, common um, issues that people are coming to you at the moment with? Yeah, I I definitely do. Um, so I mostly work with um, women at this point, and um, a lot of things related to um, the hormones, like menstrual cycles, um, PCOS, endometriosis, um, pregnancy, um, infertility, um, recovering from birth, like postpartum recovery, um, but also. I'd say on a more emotional, spiritual level, a lot of women just coming that they're, they're exhausted and maybe they're looking to make like changes in life. Um, I would definitely say empowerment is like a really, really, really big part of my work. Um, so yeah, helping women to recognize, um, yeah, just cultural conditionings that might have been hugely disempowering their whole life or um, familial conditionings that might be hugely disempowering. Um, And yeah, kind of helping to bring women really back to their core power and back to a place where they can really feel autonomous and like listen to their intuition or, um, you know, be guided internally by themselves in a way that feels really authentic and um, really positive instead of you know living in this world of like giving and giving to everyone and you know don't like anything that you're doing and you're not sure why you're doing anything like you feel quite lost and um, yeah so really just kind of bringing women back to that core place of empowerment and um, you know when our hormones are out of balance when the body is really out of balance um, it's really hard to feel empowered and great in your life you know it makes it really challenging so um yeah often I'm working with women first on this physical level and then really moving deeper into the energetics and um kind of the spiritual side Mm, beautiful and you know the what you said there was really interesting um for me um because I'm seeing something very similar um with Mm. that I work with um and you know something that I'm really noticing is a, a disconnection women are, are experiencing a disconnection from self and from mm. femininity in general because the you know the jobs that so many of us have are about as you said you know doing you know having a to-do list and just constantly crossing off from the to-do list and mm. you know that was serving us for a period of time and then it was like oh actually I'm exhausted 
you know, I'm <laughs> being this doing machine. And we've essentially gone so far into our masculine and into this kind of yang way of living that we've kind of moved far, far, far away from actually our innate femininity and mm. feeling of flow, being in the body, empathy, you know, all of these beautiful characteristics that are about being female. And so many women have totally gone far from that. Um, and yeah, and so I, when I speak to a lot of women, they're saying, you know, I just don't know who I am and I feel disconnected and I feel empty. Um, and, um, and then, you know, there's corresponding hormonal issues that I'm noticing as well coming through with my clients. And um, now this might be a bit way out to say, but is there a, do you think that there could potentially be a connection between those two? Between the hormonal systems and um, feeling in that way? Yes, 100%. Because if we're going into this kind of full-on yang masculine Mm -hmm. way of doing Mm -hmm. and being, you know, all of that, and then we're not actually in touch with nature, in touch with our Mm -hmm. mother, (laughs) you know, our mother earth, Mm -hmm. um, and not in touch with our cycles and all of that, then, you know, maybe the body then just adjusts accordingly. Um, but that's not, you know, in a, in a way that's healthy for us. Yeah, I can, I completely agree. Um, and I think that, yeah, there's a lot of kind of different levels of connection. Um, yeah, where what you're saying really makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, on a really like, you know, body physical level, you know, when we're having coffee every morning and we can't wake up without a double shot of espresso, um, you know, we can't cope with our morning without, um, yeah, this like firing off of like adrenaline in the body. Um, it's not healthy for us long term. And yeah, it's really, really hugely, hugely connected, um, you know, toxins in the environment that we're exposed to that have a really negative impact on the hormonal system. Um, you know, chemical birth control, synthetic birth control of any kind, I'm really not a fan of. Um, personally, for, for my body, um, it's just not something that I do. And I also feel like, um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a bit of an illusion, you know, that we've kind of all women have been sold since the 70s. Like, yes, take synthetic birth control. Um, you know, this is going to give you like empowerment and, you know, you can control your reproductive life. And while that is completely true to a certain extent, um, you know, the, the side effects and the impacts of completely shutting down your natural hormonal system and completely overriding it with synthetic pharmaceutical hormones, um, it's, yeah, I, it's got long reaching effects that, um, you know, there's not much like medicine, um, or excuse me, there's not really much money in medicine that goes towards women's health and women's research. And um, yeah, I think that the side effects of some of these drugs are, you know, just scraping the surface. So um, yeah, I'm a big advocate for women really making the effort to harmonize the body and using herbs. The herbs kind of help the body awaken and remember what it is innately designed to do whereas synthetic birth control 
is completely shutting down those innate functions within the body. And um, yeah, I definitely view, um, you know, the human body is a um, microcosm of the macrocosm. So the human body and the earth are quite um, connected. So, um, you know, all the elements of the earth, water, air, fire, um, ether, space, like all of that is present within our own body. And when I see clients, I'm really reading them constitutionally. So looking at their whole body and seeing what's out of balance, what's out of line and trying to work to bring them back to their own um, kind of personal state of balance. And um, yeah, I think we're on like, you know, this point in time on earth, I think is a huge transition time. It's a converging of crises. There's a lot going on. And I think that a lot of women can really feel that in their body and in their hearts and um yeah and i think that the hormones and our emotions are messages and you know we're supposed to listen to them and a lot of those messages can be hard to listen to and really painful um but yeah i i wouldn't have it any other way i'd rather be you know fully alive and aware and really feeling everything as opposed to um you know just numbed out and um yeah (laughs) yeah I I know exactly what you mean um yeah because I I remember you know and this was probably about eight years ago I got sick at work and um at the time I didn't really know anything about different ways of healing other than going to the doctor and um the doctor prescribed just a whole load of tablets and yeah similar to you i had this real aversion of like taking white pills that had been made in a (laughs) laboratory it just felt really yeah it just kind of grossed me out and um and so i didn't take those um but i'd been sick for a while and i had to get really really sick for me to really notice and Mm. I had this strong intuitive feeling that if I didn't make some changes in my life, then I was going to get sicker. I was going to get more mm. ill. And it was mm-hmm. you know, essentially the way I look at it is it was my body just basically trying to make me listen and, and make some changes in my life. And I had to get quite sick to actually start to listen, um, which is kind of interesting. So I love your work. I love what you're doing. And, bringing you know using these beautiful plants and the medicine of these plants to help you know women really connect back to that and that sense of empowerment um is is just a beautiful thing so um something i'm noticing with and you know a lot of the clients that i work with they are feeling stressed and anxious they're overwhelmed and they're also struggling with sleeping what do mm-hmm. you generally um you know advise um clients um you know with various different plants or different practices that they can incorporate into their lives to help them with these things yeah sleep is a really big one and i think um in a lot of our culture it's like whatever you can sleep when you're dead like just you know work work all night and like then get up at 5 a.m and do like a hot yoga class and you know just Mm. um it really goes to to the back burner um 
But yeah, sleep, sleep is huge. And I think that it's important to say that like everyone actually needs a different amount of sleep. Um, not all of us need eight hours. Some of us need nine or 10. Some of us need seven to feel our best self. Um, so yeah, I think that really like experimenting and seeing what, um, what really feels best in your body. Um, but yeah, I really find that there's a big correlation um, with like anxiety in the evening, keeping people awake and um, as well, people that spend a lot of time um, on computers with technology. And there's a lot of research now making it pretty clear that the blue light that's emitted from screens um, is kind of a bit of a confusing trick to our pituitary gland. So it registers it as like sunlight and that can alert your brain to create um, chemicals and hormones in the body to say, oh, it's 12.30 in the afternoon when mm. really it's 10.30 at night, but you just have this you know, screen really close to your face. So um, you know, humans have adapted quite slowly, like our bodies over time have adapted quite slowly. And there's a lot of changes right now in the environment that um, our bodies are consistently having to adapt to. And, um, you know, technology being a huge one, um, and also, you know, it being a huge moneymaker, there's not a lot of, um, you know, science talking about the negative impacts because yeah. you know our economy is so dependent on it right now um so yeah i think you know i use techie stuff like i love instagram i think it's so much fun you know not to shame anyone or bring like a huge amount of guilt but um you know i think it is quite addictive and i think people do need to really um you know, limit it. So when you come home from work, like maybe you don't watch Netflix for three hours. Maybe you go for a walk and do a yin yoga class and, uh, you know, like God forbid, like sit down and talk to your partner for 45 minutes or, you know, we'll play a board game, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, just kind of limiting uh, screens in the evening, I find is really, really helpful. Um, and then, yeah, ashwagandha in the evening is a really, really good one. Um, but, you know, the thing about plants is, you know, it's not one size fits all so much. So I think that's a little bit of, um, yeah, a little bit of an illusion. I think, you know, we need to experiment and see what works in our bodies. And that's the, you know, benefit of working with the practitioners. They can really assess your body, assess your constitution, assess your health and see what's happening to then kind of pair you with the right plant that's really going to be um, your ally for what you're going through. Um, so yeah, there's a, you know, a heap of like simple teas and things to try out. Um, but yeah, it's really good to kind of experiment and find what feels best in your body. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Cause you know, yeah, the sleep thing is such a huge one because if we're not getting good quality sleep and we're waking up in the morning feeling absolutely mm. exhausted, you know, even people who are saying, you know, I've had an eight hour sleep, but I'm still so tired. Then right. definitely something to be addressed at the root cause yes. level. Yes. Like, you know, like we're talking about rather than just throwing more coffees down your throat to get by. 
Exactly. And I think, you know, it's really hard and confronting for some people because, um, you know, if that's your, your habit, you're like, well, I've been running on a decade of three yeah. coffees a day and, you know, a ton of white flour and sugar. And, you know, that's how your body is um, running on that kind of fuel. And um, it's just not sustainable for the body to continue like that. So, um, yeah, sometimes like some really big changes um, have to be met. And I think, um, you know, like how you were saying, you had to get kind of really sick to really start listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that is quite common. That's something that I see a lot. And I think that, you know, we're trained from a really young age to kind of suppress how our body is feeling. And I really encourage people to use their body as a compass for all things. Like, mm-hmm. Do you like that person? How do you feel around them? Do you want to eat that food? Does that food feel good in your body? Or are you just, you know, forcing yourself to have a bowl of spinach, but you hate spinach, you know, whatever it is, yeah. I think we can, um, yeah, use the, the body as a compass. Mm, yeah, because it's, it's such an intelligent um, thing that we're living in. <laughs> and um, it's constantly communicating to us. But it's whether we're, you know, creating a space to be able to listen to it, I think. Um, I know definitely in my life that's, you know, made a huge difference. And I practice and teach yin yoga. And I find that that's also an incredible tool to build up that connection so that we're starting to create that space to listen to the body. Yeah, I love yin yoga. I recommend that to a lot of clients. It's yeah, <laughs> an amazing practice, isn't it? Love it. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for this interview. I have one question to ask you before we finish up. And um, mm-hmm. podcast is called Becoming Whole. And I'd love to hear from you what you what becoming whole means to you. Hmm. Yeah, I think becoming whole to me really means being um, yeah, authentically in your own power and uh, yeah, using the body as a compass to really guide you um, authentically through life. Mm, lovely. Thank you so much. So Thank you. If people want to kind of reach out to you, they want to book some appointments, I know that you also have some events. Where can people find you? Yeah, so my business is called Flora Stone Apothecary. Um, So you can find my website. It's just florastoneapothecary.com. I'm not very techie, so I'm not very good at updating it, but probably Instagram would be the easiest place. Um, And that's just at florastoneapothecary.com and um, I work right now out of a women's space in Seddon called Gather Women's Space so that's where I see clients one-on-one and teach them classes and do um, new and full moon ceremonies every month. Oh amazing I will definitely check that out and I'll come along to one of your um, ceremonies. Oh that would be lovely. Yeah it would be lovely to meet you in person. Well, thank you so much for this chat. I'm going to put all of those details in the show notes so people can um, contact you directly as well. And have a beautiful day. Thank you, you too. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message. And if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.